0: Well, hello everyone out there. Welcome to the Philippi Conversations podcast. This is episode... 16 and today I'm joined with a good friend Brian Boteller. Uh, Brian how you doing? I'm doing great thanks for having me. This is a redemption episode uh, many many people <laughs> don't know this but early on we started doing the the, the conversations podcast uh, back when I was trying to do all the video switching myself you and I did a, a live episode and I think only one person was watching I think it was my mother-in-law and it uh, was your wife because she was oh, my texting wife. you yeah. and, and she was going right. you botching it man. yeah and so every time I would switch to my camera the mics would mute and I had wow no idea. And so my wife, Randy, was like texting me like, hey, it's not working, you know, and we recorded the whole thing. You're
1: sitting there thinking, doesn't she know I'm on a show right <laughs> <I> now? <know. laughs> so it was
0: a total failure. It never ended up really airing. And so oh. for years now, I've been thinking, man, we got to get Brian back in the studio. Oh. And, and so, yeah, man, welcome. And so this, this Conversations podcast, um, it, it exists because we believe the gospel transforms lives yeah. and we believe gospel conversations can be a vehicle for that life change. Mm-hmm. And So really, that's, that's kind of why we do this. Uh, it's just an opportunity for, for, for me to be able to bring certain faces and voices in front of our church uh, that maybe I couldn't get on a Sunday morning but or even to have this much time to talk and just to, to put them before our church. So, yeah, it, it's kind of why we do this. Um, if if you are clicked on this video and you're thinking, man, th- this sounds interesting, but I don't have an hour to sit and watch uh, this video, um, look in the description and you'll see that this is also audio format on Apple and Google. It is a podcast, so I don't blame you if you don't want to sit and, and look at look at uh, our faces for an hour. You can listen in your car or whatever you want to do. Um, and then also, Brian has a podcast called Mission Live.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we have a we have a a, a mission a gospel rescue mission podcast that you can yep. find on Apple Podcast or on SoundCloud. Um, but what we've done recently has just been um, we those are being pulled right off of our weekly youtube and facebook live show that we call mission live and we do that on monday mornings at nine o'clock
0: cool so i'm going to put a link to that in this description of this video so if anybody wants to check that out and maybe i should introduce brian so brian uh boteller is official your official title which you said doesn't mean much um because you guys just do everything that needs to get done over there your official title is director of resident services at the gospel rescue mission that's correct and for those of you that are wondering what the gospel rescue mission is just drive downtown go down g street and you're going to see a giant blue building yeah um which is an incredible facility by the way yeah. um just amazing uh and, and so so brian is intrinsically involved there as one of the leaders and and you also are kind of uh, i think have become kind of one of the faces of of the organization uh, uh the, the sort of the pr guy a little bit right yeah. as you're doing yeah. the, the podcast and stuff so i thought it'd be fun to bring in brian and the reason is because uh brian you're more than just involved at the gospel rescue mission i see you as a student of some of the issues um in the 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 cultural issues of our, of our uh, community mm-hmm. uh, regarding homelessness, regarding maybe drug addiction and some of the real, the real problems that we're facing as a community. I see you as someone that has um, applied himself to understanding those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're kind of a, you're kind of a rare breed. And then I think that you, you're coming with a biblical worldview, but you're at the same time jumping into what I would consider true justice issues, like really looking at how do we care for the least of these? Sure. Um, but without sort of a, a hard progressive liberal agenda, you're coming more with a gospel centered Christian perspective. So to me, that makes you a very interesting human uh, to talk to. Um, And so I, I have a lot to learn about what some of the issues are in this community, um, what some of the issues are with homelessness. And I think our church would benefit from, from hearing some of the things that you are thinking about. So that's going to be kind of the nucleus of where this content is going to, going to go and center around. And so, yeah, thanks for being here and and answering some questions, man. man.
1: Thanks for the invite. You know, um, this actually, uh, you also had me, um, allowed me to speak, uh, to the congregation here That's you know right. um, shortly after we right. we did that, uh, yeah. that our, our t- attempt at video mm-hmm. and everything. Um, yep. you know, very generous and, and I really appreciate that. You know, I love seeing bodies that are engaged that way. Um, you know, really, really thinking yeah. about those things. Yeah. And so and I really get the feel that that's, uh, what you, what you have here at, yeah. Uh, Philippi. Yeah. Well, we got,
0: um, you know, one, one of our guys is, is on the board, I think with you guys. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're intrinsically, you know, uh, I think connected with, with what you guys are doing we want, and we want to know more how we can partner. And, and so, so that's, that's the, the goal here. Um, so let me just kind of jump in, you know, Brian, I, I, my first question is that, you know, everyone that, that, uh, comes out of their house, Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe Mm -hmm. there's somebody listening that doesn't, but everyone that comes out of their house sees what's going on right now. Right there, there, um, there is a massive uptick, um, and, and maybe it's not the right word, but, but in homelessness is the word we hear. Um, I mean, I was just in Portland and I was downtown, and I was staying at a pretty nice motel, and um, I couldn't, I felt like I was in a war zone, you know, I'm stepping around tents, there's parks there that were condemned, um, and you think, well, that's Portland, but then you come in even to Grounds Pass, and you go down, uh, down uh, towards um, the middle of town, and there's a tent city, and there's, there's, there's people that are on on just about every corner downtown that are yelling at cars, screaming, tweaking, drug addiction is just, it seems to be getting worse, and so we're all kind of just looking at this, and I think a lot of us are kind of asking the question, why is this happening? Or I should say, why is this getting worse? Yeah. And uh, and I know there's a lot of layers to that. So this is why you're here right. to help us think through, like, what are the upstream realities? What are the upstream effects that are causing this uptick that we're seeing um, in, in homelessness and drug addiction? And then, you know, we'll get to sort of where the the mission comes into that. But I'd sure. love for you to just help us understand what's going on right now.
1: Well one of the um, interesting things, I just went with my family back to the East coast um, to just visit some friends there. And I was, I got to travel all around Massachusetts and New Hampshire while I was over there. And, and including like going right down to the Boston common, which is just a giant, you know, kind of a city park and, and, and everything it's the, it's the central park of, of Boston. And, um, and then going down to Quincy Market and and on all these you know uh, world famous kind of areas and and uh, everywhere I traveled from I mean every I saw all kinds of little parks all kinds of little playgrounds all kinds of places I saw two homeless people the entire time that I was there yeah. and not a single tent not a single oh. sleeping bag not a single anything like that it was it was really different and and so I was marveling at um, that this problem is not necessarily an american problem. it's hmm. it's not a it's not consistent from state to state um, and 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 so what we've really seen is that the problem where it is most profound is really found on the coast. Um, and, and really, uh, the West coast is, has, is dominant on that. Um, you know, California, Oregon and Washington are, you know, among the, 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 worst in all of that. And I mean, in some ways there's a simple answer, you know, I mean, if you're, if you were traveling in the desert, you know, uh, you, you know, uh, 200 years ago or whatever. And, and uh, you know, you're thinking, where do I set up camp? Well, you're going to go set up camp where there's an oasis, you know, where there's resources and and everything. Where's the water? Where's the shade? Where's the stuff that, that can, can do that. So there's where there's an oasis, you're going to find people that travelers that tend to camp and, and, um, and then add to that, that, there's been this in our culture. There's been this just real desire to remove lines and boundaries, defin- defining lines and boundaries. So um, whether it's whether it's the definitions of you know the difference between a man and a woman, gender issues and stuff like that, uh, or uh, racial issues, or or you know certainly um, areas around justice itself, you know, and, and what equals. Uh, just why does a society have a right to tell an individual how to live within that society mm-hmm. and, and that kind of stuff? Well, as, as we pull away the lines, you know, and out here on the West Coast, we've got lots of, uh, you know, defund the police kind of movements and and seeing jail and incarceration as the, that's the big evil um, and they're they're saying, well, it's not effective, you know. Uh, we, we, I keep hearing people say, well, we we the war on drugs was never good, never never worked. And I'm going, well, well, wait a minute. What did you expect? Did you think that it was going to end drug use? Because if that's what you expected, then certainly you're, you're right. It, mm-hmm. it never worked. But if you were if you're telling your if you're telling yourself it never helped suppress Rampant drug use in in our nation. Uh, you're kidding yourself. I mean, now that we have pulled away from from those boundaries, we said these things. Once upon a time, we said these are not socially acceptable within within you know uh, society and, and everything. And now we're starting to either blur those lines or just remove them entirely. Mm-hmm. And what you get is what we're seeing an increase of here in the West coast. I just got done with, um, with a meeting with a group of, uh, Oregon gospel rescue mission leaders. Um, they're executive directors from, uh, Salem, Eugene, Medford. Uh, I've, I've met with the ones from, uh, Coos Bay and, and Astoria and, okay. and you know, different coastal, uh, towns as well. And, 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 um, they were all saying this same thing. They were all saying, you know, what we can't figure out is um, we used to be kind of the community heroes for what we did. And over the last five years, there it seems like our community has turned a hostile kind of a voice and view of us. And our, our program people have decreased. The, you know, In fact, all of them are saying we are running at less than half our capacity mm. to run, which is unusual for us. And yet we're seeing this profound increase of mm. those people that would normally have been in our, in our program that are now out in our city parks and under our freeway exits and stuff like that, camping. And um, so I think really kind of where... Where we are at is this place of like a, a, a issues of authority. Mm-hmm. Who gets to decide what is acceptable within our culture and mm-hmm. and, and and within our society? Who gets to uh, to make that determine? And because because we think that making that decision equals judging somebody um, that we've decided in the name of non-judgmentalism mm-hmm. to just permit, permit anything and, yeah. and permit everything. And so right now you've got people that are saying, well, urban camping is a lifestyle choice now that mm-hmm. people can make. And, and, and if they can do that, you know, then, then that's, that's what comes, you know, th- then we should just make room for them. We should afford them. And, and it works as long as, you tie in with that this uh, kind of a victim narrative, so right. you can say they're there, but it's not really by choice they're somehow they're victims, yeah um, well, then you know uh, you, boy you, you've got the, you've got a, a real recipe for what for the, right. for the cake that we're all eating today <laughs> you yeah. know
0: yeah, that's so, so interesting so a couple of things you said that mean brought up questions for me yeah one um, when you talk about the oasis that you know people come to where they're gonna get um you know the services maybe that are gonna allow them to remain in that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that the majority of the people that we see in Grants Pass mm-hmm. are not from Grants Pass?
1: That is that is in fact by their own by their own words. I mean we go down to the homeless camps, we we send people down in to talk to uh, people there by Riverside Park or whatever and say, Hey, yeah. hey, um A where did you live before you came here? What, what, how did right. you become homeless? Right. And, and uh, in fact, I just sent a staff member down to have that very conversation uh, just week before last. And uh, he said, and caught right on video, they're like, oh, everybody in this camp's from Medford. And, wow. and, uh, and the truth is, is that everybody that was from Medford Came from somewhere Came else. Came from somewhere else, and yeah. and the the problem is is that in within the state of Oregon, once you have, once you have resided in a county for I think it's like six months, well then you're from that county. So right. all of a sudden you really kind of lose your ability to track, yeah. you know, what's really going on in right. all of this.
0: Yeah. So one question that I think would probably represent a lot of people's questions. Yeah. You know, I I, I sometimes I'll get to church on Sunday before. Before work, I'll get here at five in the morning and it'll be, you know, in the middle of winter, it'll be 20 degrees and there'll be somebody sleeping on the cold cement yeah. um, without anything underneath them and with one blanket over the top of them. And I just yeah. and, and it's like I know what services you guys provide and what services other, um, you know, um, nonprofits and things provide. There's really no reason that person has to be sleeping on the ground, but yet they're choosing to sleep on the ground. And I think right. what's so hard for me to understand is that the narrative that, well, they don't have a choice is easier to believe, but I know that's not true. I know they could be sleeping in a bed, um, just simply by walking down to a place and sleeping in a bed. Why would they choose to sleep on the ground? Like help me understand that.
1: Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's the, uh, that's the, 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 the mystery, you know, the, the 90 cent question that, you know, everybody, everybody's wondering, you know, and, and the easy thing to do is say, well, clearly they're they're either mentally ill or addicted to drugs and they're high on something. And both of those are, you know, kind of semi-legitimate answers. I mean there's there's some legitimacy to to those things. But you know, we I think our problem comes when we try to answer that question with a broad brush. You know, I mean yeah. every person has different reasons. What I've what I've found is um, a lot of times it, it, there's just a, a, a strange way of thinking about like fear, uh, the things that are unsettling to me. I mean, if, if you ask the question, why does a, a woman who's been abused by who, who's who's right. been with an abusive husband, why does she keep going back to him mm-hmm. after he beats her up and beats her up and beats her up, and 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 even when she knows and everybody set up everything she needs to run away from it, she would say something along the lines of that, I mean, if you've if you got a, a real raw confession, it would be, I'm afraid of what I don't know. I'm afraid of, you know, the, the, the monster that I know mm. is, is better than the monster that I don't. Yeah. And so, so what I end up hearing, you know, and I've gone many times out onto the street in the cold, two people like that, you know, and and I've had them sleeping in the shadow of the gospel rescue mission, Mm. you know, out off by the railroad tracks or whatever. And I can, I walk up to them and I'll say, guys, I, I don't get it. Why don't you come into the gospel rescue mission? And they give you the most bizarre answers. And it'll be things like, well, I'd have to leave all this I'm sitting there thinking, I could smell you from before I crossed the railroad tracks. You're sleeping on a pile of rocks. What are you talking about? What's the all this? What are you missing out on? You know, and, and and again, I think it's just that it's the monster that I know that they've come to love the monster yeah. that they know their identity's wrapped up in the monster right. that they know. And so, so, um, you know, I hear oftentimes, you know, fear of, you know, of the rules of a mission. I'm fear of all those things. But ultimately, um, you know, fear of quitting smoking, we might hear sometimes. Um, ultimately, it's, it's that fear of change. And, and sometimes even the fear of the disappointment, if I fail in a, if I attempt to change and I fail, you know, I, I can't live with one more disappointment in my yeah. life. I can't live with one more th- time where yeah. I have failed at something. So, yeah. so getting them to kind of go, okay, look, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in just keeping you warm for the night. I, I want you to be warm, but that's not my, that's not my thing. And and frankly, being cold is what comes from the choice of living homeless yeah. you know it's that cold is supposed to motivate you it's supposed right. to motivate you for a different life and so right. so um, if I can get to them and, and say I can offer something better. Um, I can offer the the life that you don't dare hope for right now because you're just you're so tired of being of just being a, a disappointment to yourself and to others and yeah. failing at all these things and and it is hard at first and 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 everything, but I'm going to tell you you can have the life that you think right now is too big to dream. Right. and and boy, if you want to get somebody to a point of almost violence at you, tell somebody who has failed, Colossally, you know, over and over again in their life, tell them something hopeful. Mm. Tell them, you know, hey, listen, you know what, you you could actually, you know, and I'll tell them, I'll say, look, look at the life that who's driving out there. You you're sitting there in the park and, and you gotta see somebody that you go, man. If I had that guy's life, if I had that lady's life, you know, I watch her get out of her car with her family and her handsome husband and her, and her beautiful kids, and they go down to the park and they play, and, and the, there's joy and laughter and everything, and, and they've got a nice vehicle, and they probably don't have to worry about a thing and, and, and all this stuff, and, oh, if I could only have had that life. And what I'm telling them is you can have that life. You have to do what she does. You have to live differently than than what you've been doing. You have to do the things she does. And all those things she does right now, at first, will seem... Colossally hard, but she does them and doesn't even think about them. She does those things. She gets up every every day, basically the same time. She eats her meals basically every day at the same time. She eats good, healthy meals. She she doesn't uh, spend her money in ways that are inappropriate to her to her lifestyle and her income and, and everything, so that she understands. You know, she's she's not driven by impulse control, but she's really kind of she's she's driven by a, a sense of propriety in her in the orders of her life, and and she picks up after herself. She cleans up after herself. She showers every day. She dresses, you know, in different clothes every day. These are things that seem like. Like uh, to, to somebody who's been living off the street for a while, they, they, they seem like they're impossible and really, really hard, really uh, edgy kinds of rules that we would have and expectations we would have for her. Um, and to you and me, we just do them without thinking about them. We, we've been conditioned to do them without thinking about them, um, and they, they're no longer hard anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so So for that person who's who's become that dysfunctional so dysfunctional that they're they're sleeping outside right. under a blanket on the concrete in 20 degree weather. I mean they have they have effectively pushed away every relationship that would speak these kinds of things into them. They're they're, they're tired of being somebody's disappointment. They're tired of being somebody's frustration. And so, and, and so instead what they do is they just isolate and isolate and isolate. Yeah. They make themselves, they bring themselves to a place where they tell themselves, I don't need to care what right. you think of me. Right. And, uh, and in not doing so, then they don't.
0: Yeah. It's kind of the shame cycle, isn't it? it and really we all, is. we all deal with, right. Yeah, and, yeah. and maybe more smaller areas, but just to see, I mean, it's like you, you're trying to eat healthy Yep. and then you, you end up eating bad and then it makes you feel bad. So then right. you want to eat unhealthy again right. and then before you know it you feel like well it's i'm so far from eating healthy that i'm just going to keep eating bad because that is just become what i want and what i and it's not even that you even want it anymore it's just all that you know you right. know and right. i think we can all we should all be able to relate with that in little areas like that you we know we can um, i
1: mean that's that's the part that's the part that uh, you know for me in in my ministry that i, I find most helpful when I'm bringing somebody from who wants to partner with me in some ways, yeah. helping them understand is like, is like, look, you might sit there and say, I got nothing to offer this person. I've never been addicted to drugs or I've, I've, I've never, I've never been uh, homeless before or whatever. And I can go, but, but there's all kinds of things that you can relate with them yeah. on because we all struggle with these kinds of feelings and these kinds of ideas Um, and it is, it's a shame cycle and and stuff. So, so we recognize that. And so that then when I'm talking to this person who is, who finally takes, takes me up and says, you know what, I think I'm going to try it. I'm going to, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give, I'm going to throw caution to the wind. I'm going to try this thing that I'm afraid of. Um, you're able to go, It's okay to be afraid. I understand what that fear feels like. It's okay. You know, we can talk about your sin here. Let me talk to you about mine and and let's share. So you're going to find out that we're really not that different from one another. You've just gone down this particular path longer than I've allowed myself to go down that path. Yeah. You know,
0: and I love, you know, I love that gospel is in your guys' name. It's, it's, It's stitched in because without the gospel, there really is nothing to break the shame cycle That's right. right, because all you feel is the weight of, well, if I could just get myself together and, and you said it, like the the crushing weight of disappointment yeah. and disappointing yourself over and over and disappointing everyone that you love. I mean, these people have burned every bridge in their life. Their, yep. their parents won't talk to them. Their friends have been used and feel used and so they don't answer their calls anymore and they're on a street because they have no relational equity with anyone, they're bankrupt in the relational department. And so to feel like, well, there's just no way I could possibly be good enough is really not the place to start, right? The place right. to start is you You will never be good enough. The starting point is the finished work of the cross, which says you're good enough before you do anything. Right. If you simply receive the the new identity that Christ has for you, yep. and then you can get clean because you've been set free rather than that's let me right. get clean so I can be free. You that's know? right,
1: that's right. That's The, the beauty of the gospel is, is so powerful in this. And this is the, you know, we get so many detractors, um, from the, uh, government-run and funded agencies in our community who... And and I think that they have kind of successfully added to the problem. I think that in a lot of ways that a lot of the, you know, why has homelessness exploded over the last five years in our, in our uh, freeway exits and city parks? I'm convinced that there is a narrative that is coming down through the government agencies that uh, is designed to... Um, to plant that fear into the homeless people. It's like, well, see, they're Christians, but you, you know you can't go there without them. You know they ain't gonna force Jesus right. down your throat and all this right. kind of stuff. And, and I go, well, first of all, you don't understand what I think about Jesus if you think I can force him down anybody's throat. you right. know I, I mean you, you completely we are just talking two different languages and, and, and second is is that you know what I'm telling them, is you know, and I'll tell them you know, I'm going to tell this person this, that that they were that they are created in the image of God, and and consequently, of of a near infinite value. You know, I mean, the the what they're capable of, and and who they are capable of becoming is, I mean. Goodness, uh, there's no limits to right. that because yeah. because there's no limits to the God who created right. them, and yeah. and so we're we're going to say I think that you're valuable, and and because of that, and I, and I think that you were created to flourish. It's part of part mm-hmm. of the reason that you've been designed yep. is to is to flourish and to cause flourishing in the world right. around you, right. and so so by by sharing that with them. I mean, a lot of them, I have yet to have anybody at, at the mission who is doing our program, even if they're not a Christian, I have yet to have them go, the thing I hate the most is chapel. Now, <laughs> I, I'll have somebody who who doesn't last in the mission for, um, you know, maybe three or four days, and, 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 you know, they just didn't want to hear anything related to, you know, right. religion, but... Um, but after anybody who's been there for any length of time, I've even had I've even had atheists and agnostics who go, you know I disagree you know but I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, a believer or anything like that, but I still find, that chapel time valuable. Mm. I still have come to really appreciate yeah. that time where you're, yeah. you're you're feeding good stuff right. you know to me one way or the other, even if yeah. it's hard to believe good stuff
0: yeah, I was um, impressed when I went in there that uh, one of our guys went in and taught in there and I just went to support him and I was just looking around the room and man these guys are listening I mean they yeah. were they were listening they were Bibles open they were not on their phones, which maybe that's a rule I don't know, but it was it was impressive to me you know that they were focused yeah. one of one of the questions I think Again, that people, I'm trying to think, what what would everybody listening be wanting me to ask sure. you right now? and yeah. like One of those questions is like, what the heck are we supposed to do? You know, I, I feel like every, I know I feel this way. Mm-hmm. I know other Christians feel this way. There's so much conflict in our soul when we're walking down the street. Yeah. And there's the person. You know, yeah. they're, they're sleeping in the little doorway. Yeah. Or they're just sitting there with a blanket on. Or they're tweaking on the corner. Yeah. They're screaming at cars. I saw a lady throwing shoe, her shoe at a car the other day. Yeah. I get screamed at all the time walking around downtown. I mean, it's, we just see it. It's there, you know? And it's like, what are we supposed to do in those moments? Like, what is our response? What should our response be? And I think a lot of Christians feel this like guilt, this pressure, like, well, you know, so they'll go and they'll like make a sandwich, you know, and they'll take it and they'll give a sandwich. And and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's like, is that what we should be doing? Should we? I mean, should we be giving out tents and sleeping bags? Is that making it worse? And and I think for me, I'm so afraid of making it worse that sometimes I think I probably don't do enough. Yeah. Um. But then there then there's part of me that's like, well, maybe I'll just go and talk to them about the Lord. And a lot of them, you can't have an intelligent conversation. No, it's true because it's true. they're out. Of, they're out of their mind. Either they're drunk, they're 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 loaded, or they're just fried. You know. Yeah. It's yeah. hard, man. What like how, how should the average Christian in Grants Pass, you know, interact with that? when they're, I mean, for our people, it's like they're walking to church on Sunday downtown and and there it is, you know, and and we have a lot of people that will invite them and they'll come on Sunday. That's awesome. Yeah. And, but it's, it's hard for people to know what to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, well, again, you know, there's the, um, you know, be careful of painting with too broad of a brush in a sense, you know, I mean, there's some, there's some big picture stuff that I think are, are good and kind of, kind of macro things to do. And then micro things to do, you know, and a macro thing to do would be like, you know. Work in your voting life to vote against anything that has to do with, you know, uh, tax supported dollars giving away stuff. Um, our our bushes, our creeks, our our forests are filled with, with metric tons of junk yep. that came that, that you and I paid for yep. in our tax dollars. So so giving away free stuff, you know, needs to be like you know, kind of Right out to the very last resort, kind of a thing, right. you know. In in whatever we do, so there's there's your macro stuff. I would say, I would say, if if there's a somebody giving away, you know, a, a tents and sleeping bags, guaranteed, that's the thing that you shouldn't do. Okay, and yeah. and um, and I'm sure there are people right now that are grinding their teeth at me, going, right. but that's my ministry, and, and that's what I want to do. And yeah. and I go, so part of the thing that we have to do in that moment is differentiate. um, you know, what do I want as an outcome, you know, and everything. Um, when I'm looking at that person, maybe let's just, let's just say, you know, not, not necessarily the person who's, who's uh, high and flailing and, and, and everything who's obvious it's probably not safe to approach, you know, and everything. And, and trust me, there are safety issues. Be careful about totally. that. I mean, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's uh, you, you really need, I, there was a, uh, just a, an article out of um, out of Salt Lake City just about three weeks ago about a lady who let a homeless man into her home to take a shower, uh, and he slit her throat, and uh, and she survived it, but uh, you know just barely survived it, um, and the guy got caught and everything, but. He, you just don't know what you're walking into right. so
0: which isn't to demonize homeless people but would you let any no, random man in your house take a shower? <laughs> right right, right. exactly and, 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 and so
1: so let's just say that you know one out of ten are are you know are really really problematic right. you know i mean you have to know which one totally. how, what's what am i willing to risk right. so then so then you know you also need to ask this question you know and and i think that this is something that christians don't ask themselves very very well, am I really wanting to do something for them? Or is my issue that I feel bad because I see them? And, and it's, mm. so to me, it's, it's kind of like, if you, um, it's like a, a victim of a sexual crime often feels guilty, like they did something wrong mm. when it's the perpetrator who did something wrong. Right. Okay. And, 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 but all of a sudden we have this, this inappropriate sense of guilt mm. that that is on us even though we're the victim on it. Okay, now now with the homeless person, we see them as the victim. They're, they're the victim, but somehow we feel guilty about their situation because we're not being victimized in that moment because we we're sitting there in a warm car or, or uh, you know wearing a warm Man. clothes and you know, we, we just got done eating or whatever. And, and so we're not in their position. And, and I think that there's some... There's a, there's a false guilt. And then there's just kind of like, you got to separate that from compassion. Okay. And, and there's a God given compassion that is, that is what can I do for that person? How can I genuinely help that person? Or, or even the, maybe a better question is, can I, can I genuinely help that person? The person didn't get there for lack of a sandwich, the person didn't get there for lack of a blanket. They have spent years getting there. Right. You know, I mean, the the if you think, and there's this kind of this narrative within, again, within our society that says homelessness can ha- just happen to anybody. It's just like this random thing that can just suddenly, I can get a bad case of the homelessness. And if I touch a doorknob after somebody who was homeless touched the doorknob kind of a thing, and, and that's absolutely patently false. You and I could be homeless, but it would probably take either of us a a whole series of bad choices and alienating all kinds of friends and family that we have to get there so that that person that you're seeing has gone through all of that to get to the position they're in. And you can't buy the narrative, the the short, quick-fix narrative that just says, well bad landlord rent was too high they ended up homeless right. and it was just a all of a sudden yeah. thing that not happened in out of the blue yeah. i'm just telling you that Man. is the that's the narrative and it is false that's going on in the community so in, and in our nation and so we have to come back and go okay that doesn't mean that i can't help this person right yeah. now and and i'm not saying it's wrong you know if the guy's hungry and and he says he's hungry and you go yeah, I'll, let me go over here and buy sure. you some food or something. Right. I mean, that's, you know, I, again, you got to take it on a case-by-case spot. Yeah. But but, I really need us to think through, like, what is the best thing for that homeless person? Right. And what I, what do I really want for them? If all I'm wanting to do is allow them to remain homeless but not hungry for the next 30 minutes... Okay, if, if I'm honest about that and that's all I'm interested in doing, give them a sandwich. You know, I mean, that's if that's your goal, then you can be really effective at that and right. everything. But if, if your goal, and I think a better Christian goal, um, you know, a, a goal from a Christian perspective ought to be, I'd like to see them n- not be homeless. Right. I, I think that homelessness should be made to be left behind <laughs> and not, not, just made to be comfortable in. Right. And, so, and so then I start thinking through and go, what will it take to get them out of their homelessness? Now, for the average parishioner going to a church, you know, they're working a full-time job. They don't have the time to invest into a person. If they do, then okay, look, you know, we, we may need to invest some real time with somebody, walk alongside with them. Maybe some hospitality is going to need to be a part of this process as you yeah. consider them uh, some safe way of, of having them in your home or, or whatever, you know, and and or, you know, some kind of provision, home provision for them. The other possibility would be to consider an organization like the Gospel Rescue Mission doesn't have to be that. Here in Grants Pass, we've got U Turn for Christ, which is another great organization that does kind of a similar thing. Um, and now we've got Foundry Village here in town. Uh, and just say, consider who's doing good work in that area and is already really well right. set up to deal with that, and support them. You know, right. support them in there, and maybe you know encourage that person to go yeah. there. So I've had plenty of times where I see somebody holding up a will for work for food sign or something and I and I just go hey look I happen to know that for 10 bucks I can feed you and a friend for a week, three hot meals a day over at the Gospel Rescue Mission. So rather than giving you $10 right now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go give it over to the Gospel Rescue Mission. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm just going to go online and go to their Donate app, yeah. and, and, and I'm going to put the money in, but I'm putting it in on your behalf. I'm making mm-hmm. sure that they have enough for you, and I would encourage you to yeah. go there. And rather than giving you one meal, I'm going to give you three hot meals for you and a friend for a week right. and what I also know is that for you to get that you're going to be at all kinds of wraparound care man you're going to have clothes you're going to have counsel right. you're going to have all kinds of people that are working with you they're going to reach out to all the other community partners that network together to to see, to see help you with the, the needs that you have you have addiction recovery issues they can help you with that you have mental health issues they can help you with that right. And and so here's this one place that I can kind of move them Mm -hmm. into that direction I think that that's a good way to go about it 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 doesn't always take away that heartache that we see. And, right. and I, I love that our hearts ache when we see that. Right. I mean, that's not right. something to be avoided. That's right. something to be cherished. That means that I care for somebody and yeah. that I that I care for their suffering and, and everything. And, and I want to see it stop. Yeah. But we want to do things that aren't counterproductive and keeping them in their suffering. I want to yeah. see them leave that for good.
0: See, that was the thing when I came in and toured your facility because um, I was curious, you know, I, I had, like most people, I think I had this, this conception that you guys were just sort of a place to crash right? if somebody needed a place. And then, of course, the narrative is like, well, you guys have all these rules. You won't even just let people crash unless they stop smoking or whatever. Right. Well, then I came in and toured the facility, and you're telling me all this stuff you guys provide. And I'm like, this is a holistic path to getting your life. I mean, you guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys help people get their identification. Oh, yeah. You offer counseling. Yep. You get people, like you said, what they need. Um, you you give them, obviously, food. You obviously give them room and board, but you help them get a job. I mean, Jump there's training, ev- there's really things. everything. Yep. And I almost wonder, again, like if giving the sandwich, in a way, is almost keeping people from getting to a point where they're ready. Yep. And if what we need to do is, is really drive people to your guys's programs i mean my wife and i interacted with almost mom and some kids i remember reaching out to you about it and we we just man she called the church and and we helped her out and and at first it seemed like a good thing and then of course it ended up becoming what we want more and more and more and more and at some point we had to go like okay you're gonna have to go to the rescue mission well i don't want to go to the rescue why because we do not like the rules right they won't let me bring outside food in you know and 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 i don't like that and we're kind of like well i'm sorry but like that's that's something that's not our fault the fact right. that you don't like the rules of the place that's gonna get you really where you need to go. Yeah. Can't like I like how you said that. That can't be something I feel guilty about because people right. are not ready. So for me, that was a huge eye-opening moment where I realized, wow, I had this, I had believed this idea that these poor homeless people just are stuck there because there's nothing out there to help them. Yeah. And this this gospel
1: rescue mission just, you know, they have all these rules. That's really a false narrative. You no, know, and think think through what she's saying there. In a sense, I mean, you know, think through it. It's, it's like so you have the possibility of getting of getting you, you and your children into a home safely where they're provided for and all that, but you're willing to give that up because you can't bring in a bag of chips from the outside, right. because because they're going to ask you to quit smoking. You know, right. over over a pack of cigarettes. Are you right. kidding me? Right. You know, I mean, the the priorities are so broken, but. Uh, again, this is, when you think about it, think about how many of my priorities are are broken, you know, and where I'm, where I have gotten some kind of disordered loves, you know, to quote Augustine, you know, in a sense to go, okay, you know, I have, I have got to this place where my, where the, I've taken good things and I've made an idol out of them and, and, and now I've put all of the weight of deity on that Thing that yeah. can never support the yeah. weight of deity yeah. and no wonder it causes dysfunction yeah. in my life we
0: just have we have such a thin such a weak definition of love in our yeah. culture yeah. you know and that's the problem I mean that's the problem like we we want to you you know we want to love people that makes us feel good. Right. We want to love that that can just kind of make everyone a victim and and we're just gonna let them do whatever they want to do. That's not love. Right. God doesn't love us that way. Right. You know the New Testament says if God didn't discipline you, you wouldn't have a father. That's right. right. I mean th- there is there's a reality where real love is costly. Real love. I mean Jesus didn't just come down and let us live in perpetual sin. Jesus came down and uh, gave himself. And, 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 and part of that is calling us to the truth calling us to repentance calling us to change and so I think it's it's a cheap thing to just go we, the way that we love these people is by never asking them to do anything but just continuing to give them tents and sleeping bags it's it's a it's it's the same core idea of what love is that says we should let a teenager get a sex change and we should pay for it. That's right. It's not, it's not that is that good for them? Is that even scientifically been proven to be a reality? (laughs) What are the long-term effects of that? It's no loving them is letting them do whatever they want to do. And it's completely wrong.
1: This is, this is, first of all, the the, the Bible, the Bible's got all kinds of things to say about how we are to love our neighbor. And, 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 and it doesn't have much kind to say about about somebody who uh, is slothful in their behavior right. and, and, and those kinds of things and, and is not prepared. I mean the, the scriptures are just full of all kinds of stuff that would say that that if we take that definition of love, we'd end up going, well, the Bible's just not very loving and, and right. Jesus himself is not very loving and and so you'd go man, Jesus needs to learn what would Jesus do, you know, and and when you start thinking about like the, just the ridiculousness of of what we end up saying, you got to, what my real problem is, is I really don't know what scripture says. And so, so scripture tells us this story of, of how the serpent comes in to the garden and gets us to distrust, gets, gets humanity to distrust God's uh, to, well to be unfamiliar with God's word to distrust his goodness in, in all of these things and to actually go for autonomy to mm. see to see uh, autonomy as something that makes us godlike and, mm. and everything and so and so then we, well, we don't need God because we're we are our own God we're our own authority right. in, in, in all this stuff and this is the same kind of story that is that is being repeated out in our culture today where we're seeing um, where we're seeing all the natural boundaries again the these these things these lines that were clear once before seem to be clear now are all getting blurry and 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 everything and right. and so where we need to come back to is is really anchoring ourselves in God's Word and, yeah. and going? What does it say? Where are? Where does He say the boundaries are? And then let's let's define them that way. Yeah. And uh, and so our temptation might be: Well, let's just go back sixty years. Let's just go back sixty years to the boundaries we had sixty years ago. Mm-hmm. The boundaries sixty years ago weren't pro- in their proper places either. They're part of what led to the lack of boundaries today. Yeah. And we really have to. We're in a time now where yeah. Christians ought to be really diving into God's word yeah. and really finding, you know, yeah. where does God say my boundaries as a man, as a woman, right. as a, you know, as right. whatever are, you know, yeah. how I should live my life.
0: Really? Yeah, I agree, man. And, and as Christians, we should be more than anybody. We should be aware of the severity of sin yeah. and and look at someone on the street corner um, who is enslaved to addiction yep. and go, I could be that person. Yep. But that person is no more a victim than I'm a victim. That's right. We are all victims of sin to a degree, but sure. we're also perpetrators of sin. Yeah. And uh, and at the end of the day, we have to realize like that person needs the same gospel I need. Yeah. Uh, and 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 it's the same thing that's going to save me from my sin is going to save that person from from their sin. That's right. Um, and and the, the reality is uh, is what what progressive liberalism is is giving is a false gospel. Right. That's right. It says that the world could be better if we would just be more inclusive. That's their false gospel, if we would just accept each other and stop judging each other and stop calling each other to these hard lines, like that's a false gospel. Just get rid
1: of those doggone Christians, you know, because they want to be accepting of everybody but us. I mean, look, if, if we were, if we were the Buddhist rescue mission, I'm telling you, man, we would have so (laughs) many people supporting us, man. Hollywood would support us. You know, everybody, everybody would think we're the coolest thing going. But there's not a Buddhist rescue mission in the country, you know, at least that I'm aware of. You know, I mean, I've never seen one. I've never seen. I've never even heard of a Muslim rescue mission. I've never Hmm. heard of of an agnostic rescue mission or an atheist rescue mission. It's it is Christians. Who who do this thing? Um, you know, it, it's the way that we worship God. Yeah. You know, we, we love God with our our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we love our neighbor as ourself, and and both those things equal worshiping God. Yeah. So it is the fruit of the Christian faith that this Amen. is that this is where this comes from. Amen. Yeah. So so That's the good. the the thing about all right this push towards autonomy is what we see every time, and it, you will see it in your life and mine, but you'll certainly see it played out in the lives of the homeless, you know, writ large, mm-hmm. um, is that it leads to it leads to slavery and it leads to death. Mm-hmm. And and this is what we're seeing. So you can't expect to encourage autonomy and not see right. slavery and death be right. the result. Yeah,
0: when we've been told that freedom is doing exactly what you want to do. Right. Uh, and Rather than freedom being surrender and submission to God and his rule uh, that right. then it basically home, homelessness is where that leads at some point. You know, yeah. if, if drug addiction is what you want and you let that take over your life, then you become enslaved to it. And, right. as, and
1: as a result, you lose your kids, you lose your family, you lose your wife, you lose your job, you lose your home, you lose whatever. And, you yeah. know, so, for, so when you, when you think about like, so are they homeless by choice? Well, they're either homeless by choice or they're homeless by choices, but mm-hmm. either way it kind of results in homeless yeah. by choice yeah. right yeah. i mean and that's and that's yeah. kind of the thing so we're trying to go well let's let me show you a better way of making right. choices and let me show you a way that's consistent with your design yeah. Yeah. and and if we can if we can live within the way you were designed you're going to find flourishing begins mm-hmm. to happen and and the, the funny thing is is you don't even have to be a christian to benefit from that that's a common grace right. you know that's a that's a common grace but man I'll tell you you really want to see the the lives that have dramatically changed watch those who come to faith in christ right. who genuinely Amen. come to faith in christ and then it's just like it, man yeah. watch them go yeah. it's amazing yeah
0: so good and what i love about what you're doing brian and you represent a lot of people uh at the gospel rescue mission but is that you're you're willing to go the the thing that our government is saying is the fix is wrong but you're not just on social media being you know antagonistic or or antithetical you're in the trenches you're the one dealing with the the crisis and i and i love that 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 there really is no grounds for someone to say well you're just there to to poke at the social programs and, and and be, you know, the contrarian. But in reality, you're like, no, I'm, the, you're the one that's working with these guys. You're the one yeah. that's, that's, that's seeing redemption happen in their lives. And I love that. I think been, that's awesome. I've been at
1: it for over 12 years now. Uh, with with here in Grants Pass and uh, working this full time so so I'm not talking about it theoretically Correct. you know from from some you right. know from some theoretical you know uh, desk in a classroom or something right. like that. I'm talking about I have worked with literally thousands of homeless people, and I have seen literally hundreds and hundreds of them mm. leave homelessness for i mean just to become regular. Contributing members of our community, doing well, paying into the system rather than taking from the system, being good neighbors themselves, doing well, having the life that they said they wanted. You know, having the life that they once thought was absolutely impossible. And uh, and but they trusted me. They trusted us in a program my team, you know, wraps around them and um, and man, it's amazing. It's good the, work. The Lord brother. does good stuff that's good way. work.
0: Yeah. When when those of you listening drive past the big blue building, uh, thank the Lord for the work that's there and pray for oh, you guys. And uh, and I would encourage I would encourage you guys to support financially. I encourage you guys, people can volunteer through the website, right, yep, and help yep. that way. Yep. I would encourage, I mean, people if people want to come tour the facility even, can they yep. can they do that? I know I did that. And yep. It was really, really good to see what you guys do there. Yep. Uh, it's good work, man. Really good work in our yeah, community. Sure. So.
1: I, I, we love to give tours. We love to get people yeah. in inside, to see what, what's happening. I've even made promise. I get people who, you know, they, again, they, they, they can tell, they can kind of mistake me for a contrarian and just kind sure. of a muckraker yeah. and stuff like that. And, and so they, they start getting into some argument with me on social media or something. And, it always ends with, well, hey, I'll tell you what. Um, why don't you come on down to the mission, right. and I'll buy you lunch, man. I mean, we'll go down there, mm-hmm. and and I'll I'll give you a tour. Yeah. And, um, and I'll even leave you at any point in time with residents there where you can ask them any question. I don't even have to know what they are. Yeah. You can talk to them. You can ask them how bad they're being tortured and all this stuff and how horrible it is. All, you, whatever it is yeah. and they can say whatever they want. I mean I won't. Right. There's no consequence to them negatively or anything. Yeah. Tell the truth. Yeah. And, and inevitably uh, you know most people just don't take me up on that. But anybody yeah. who ever does, walks away a fan of the mission. That's cool. They yeah. always do. Yeah.
0: All right. Father, thank you so much for Brian and uh, and the, the crew, Lord, the Gospel Rescue Mission. Thank you for the work that they're doing, the ministry that's coming out of that place. Uh, God, we see uh, just a fraction of what you see. Father, you see all of the pain, all of the hurt, Lord, uh, Lord, all of the fallout from sin and its consequences. That's why you sent your son into this world, Lord, in order to bring redemption, and recreation uh, into this world, Lord. And we just say, come quickly. Father, we need your administration to come physically into this world. We need regeneration and people hearts and minds where we need um, your Holy Spirit to do work calling people into your kingdom God and we just pray we could be part of that uh, Lord that we as a church here at Philippi could just support this ministry Lord and and continue to partner Lord with them uh, Father just bless my brother as he goes Jesus name amen 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 thanks for being here Brian
1: hey man can I throw a quick plug yep plug plug missionlive.net.
0: missionlive.net. Check
1: us out. We do a we do a uh, that weekly podcast, a weekly video thing. We do interviews with residents. A lot of times, just live right there. Here you go. Here's your microphone. Word. Say what you want to say. Love it. And uh, check it out. It's cool. a lot of fun.
0: I'll put that in the description so awesome. people can just click it. Cool. Thanks. Okay. Cheers. See you.